Hello everyone and welcome to The Disruptors, a series dedicated to the individuals, well disruptors really, that are closing disparities, changing the very fabric of our nation, or just making dreams come true all from ATL. This series will cover the advocates, unsung heroes, leaders, and more in our mini-sos that are released every month. This summer, we're featuring the fire starter, the change maker, the dream catcher, and more. I'm India Hayes, the founder and CEO of Mini City, a social impact tech startup that connects the homeless and homeless care providers to life-critical benefits. We'll have Desalene, my co-founder, co-host, and brother, join us for some mini-sos. But this series isn't about us. It's about our fellow disruptors. Awesome, awesome. So everyone, this is our first mini-sode. I'm super excited to kick things off right now with Rejoice of Vower. I love that name. It's such a beautiful name, and I feel like it fits her so well. So Rejoice is actually going to take us through just her founder's story, you know, how she got started, what Vower's all about, and all that great stuff. So for everyone, let's go ahead and welcome Rejoice. If you could just start Rejoice by giving us your name, um, the name of your business, and where you're from. Yeah, um, first, thanks so much for, I didn't know I was the first. I feel like I should have, you know, prepared more to be the first, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very honored to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Re- Rejoice. Um, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, so I'm a Midwest girl. Went to school there. I moved to Georgia, <clears throat> actually, when I was in the seventh grade. It was a bit of a change. You go from uh, a Midwest city to uh, Collet Park, what they like to say on the, on the <laughs> South Side, uh, Old National, where I really felt like I learned. Um, just like I grew up a lot um, when I first moved uh, to Clayton County. Shout out to all those uh, in Clayton County College Park, um, and you know, matriculated through through school here. I graduated from Emory, uh, and then I think what is the byproduct of Vower started. Um, uh, prior to that, though, it's, it's important uh, to understand that my parents were community organizers. Uh, my dad, I mean, literally will be stopped in the stores um, with people having tears in their eyes because he had opened up the community um facility early or late and made sure you know mothers got backpacks for their children before school and so he was you know sort of the local hero and even to me growing up that's the way that I experienced community um, really understanding what connected people uh, what made things sustainable but what was at the heart of that and um, that kind of trickled on through my life and so um, went to Emory thought I was going to be a, a doctor totally was in my last class before uh, studying for the MCAT and was like, nah, that's not it. <laughs> it totally, um, you know, I'm sure my parents were very happy about that. And then, you know, again, thought I wanted to be an attorney. Of course, there's only two things you can do at a PW or any, I guess back then, a lawyer, doctor, engineer, but thought I wanted to be an attorney, <clears throat> took the LSAT a few times, uh, did, got waitlisted to a, a bunch of schools and got denied. I think that denial is what opened me up to the world. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was on this one track course mm-hmm. to what I felt was success through the hands of, um, you know, 
going to school, going to law school, and then doing that. And then, so um, graduated from Emory, did Teach for America for a year. That's a whole nother story. And um, started working actually with the homeless community in Atlanta. Um, I did that for a few years, and that's sort of where I got my reins for Bauer. Um, I was able to mobilize hundreds of high school and college students around what they thought they were coming to see a DJ or a rap cipher, but really they were coming to serve the homeless. You got to trick them. <laughs> so, right, and it did. And, you know, then you started to have the early adopters like, yo, this was cool. Like, I came, I got to see my artists, I got to hang out, we did haircuts, but also we served and got a chance to, you know, to give back and so did that for a few years and I think I built the community around me or the people that are supporting around that mission and I definitely didn't do it for that I just was like oh man we should go do something and then that sprang into this um moved abroad a few times and when I was abroad I started to notice um that oh man community isn't really what I thought it was in the mm -hmm. sense that you need this mayor or you need this political person to kind of rally and say this is what we're going to do and here's the infrastructure that's not it because when you go to the townships of South Africa or in the places in, in Cabo sort of like the 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 town parts and you see uh, there, there aren't a lot of economic infrastructure there there aren't a lot of economic resources but they are strongly built in their community it's the matriarchs and the patriarchs of those communities that that shipped and shaped it and and really people move off of this like unspoken uh not only barter system but support system and i really started to say okay you need to you know go back to your study understand what 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 it really means to build sustainable communities and how does that look for when you go back or whatever you do in the world and so I say all that to say, <laughs> Bauer is a, a byproduct. We are a gig platform that connects um, primarily Gen Z and millennials to the small businesses, the companies, the nonprofits, and organizations that need affordable support. So you have two sides, and, and I'll just geek out real quick. You have two sides of a marketplace uh, that are trying to find each other but can't. And the reason why is because we've created a system through um, this, these professional job board settings and a digital world that's being led by digital natives. And you're telling them they have to have this list of resumes of like all this professional work. And they're like, what do you mean? I got 10,000 people on my TikTok. I can turn any business <laughs> yeah. into um, a profitable business. So Bauer is speaking the language of the community. It's speaking the language of saying like, we're not gonna get the skills gap um, to to close up or the achievement gap to close up we're not going to build bridges uh, where the institutional gaps lie if we continue to do things the same way and so uh, on Bauer you can you know work for some nonprofits and earn yourself some Jordans or you can earn points to you know get gift cards and buy cryptocurrency and so we've we've created this habit forming loop where young people whoever they are wherever they are the skills the dopeness the energy that they bring to their world is needed and used um, by legacy companies by people who want to go digital and uh, we make that connection uh, not only more convenient but we make sure that everyone gets a, a, a seat at the table in the new world that we're building so that's fine.
Absolutely. That is that is phenomenal. It's funny because every single disruptor has a kind of tagline or I guess I don't want to call it branding, but each one is known for something, right? Mm-hmm. We have the fire starter. We have the change maker. For you, Rejoice, we actually um, pinned it as the world changer. Oh, wow. I know. Come on now. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> but this, I feel like it's so fitting because you're speaking about all these different uh, variations of what the world can be, things that we can kind of tap into, how we're becoming more and more innovative. How can we make sure that we're tapping into this idea but also truly the meaning of community and bringing people together, pushing for not just, you know, that reward and gratification we get, but also that reward you get internally from doing something great for your community. And I didn't know there was so many synergies between many cities. I've been following you for a long time. I was like, no, she don't know, but she don't find out. Well, I just always thought like, okay, we both work in social impact. That's really cool. But even hearing you talk about how your family, you come from a a group of community activists, Harold and I, so it's funny, I introduced him as Daceline, which is really his middle name and also the name we call him in our family. But professionally, he's like, I'm Harold, which is our father's name. <laughs> but we come from parents that were very, very politically driven and, and community activists and advocating for so many things. And I think what happens is, you're right, you have these ideas like, I love to, you know, um, bring about change. I like to, I'm driven by just communication and messaging. But what happens, I think a lot of times young folks, they will be involved in a sense of community and they have these inclinations or they're driven towards, you know, helping and doing stuff. But we're taught that, you know, you should become a doctor. You want to help people and doctors are needed or, you know, become a lawyer. But there's so many other paths that I see popping up, whether it's mini city, whether it's, you know, Vower, Mm -hmm. which shows young people or the next generation of change makers and world changers that you can create a really organic path. And I just think... It's really fascinating. Yeah. That's awesome. And the international perspective helps a lot too. Oh man, you know. it changed it. It changed it changed it. It changed my world and it continues to humble me and to help me understand like when you're in America, and this is just for anyone, when you're in America, you live in a bubble. You mm-hmm. really live in a comfortable, very suited um, bubble. And although it's we you know, it's there's a lot of things that we have to work on. I want you to step outside and, and think about what's happening in the global world and then come back and say, okay, hmm, I, um, I can make it here. I can you know, find resources here and then use that for change because it's a lot different um, outside of the Western economy and the Western world. That's so. awesome. It's great you recognize that. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't really recognize the ingenuity. And- yes the heart and community that they see abroad yeah. and they go visit these different countries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked a lot about just your upbringing, traveling abroad, doing all these amazing things. But um, I feel like I can kind of guess or assume, but we're not trying to do that. So yeah. uh, what made you really kind of find that calling or want to start Vower? Was it any particular thing or just like, this is what I need to do? Well, I just love concerts. This is funny. Okay, I I find out I find interesting like how people connect. So I always am like just watching people. Like if I'm in a beauty salon, I'm watching like how they're talking to each other, <laughs> or the, the barbershop, or um, for me like uh, cipher. Like I grew up on in Midwest. We grew up in house parties. We had like jit and juke parties. We had dance battles, and so I always associated 
uh, when I was a little girl. How did I recognize community? How did I feel connected mm-hmm. to those around me? And it was at three three basketball games. I played sports. It was these things that I felt was like hype. So Vower originally started as volunteer for concert tickets. So this was pre-COVID. I'm out here knocking at the door of One Music Fest, knocking at the door of Music Midtown. Hey, I know you need people to help set up, um, you know, your concert. We got all these, you know, people who can do it. And all they want to do is come to your concert. Like, this would be amazing. (laughs) And so um, that's how Bauer started. But when COVID happened, all the grand pivots happened on the onset of COVID. Um, Small businesses started to reach out and say, hey, can you find us someone to, like, intern for us? Or can you find, you know, someone to do, you know, different things for us, whether it's admin work or SEO, SEM. And simultaneously, you had all the college students who lost their interns. So then I was like, oh, it's something underwater. And then you dig deeper into what the gig economy is and where it's going and where the future of work is going. And you start to say, oh, not only are people not trying to take jobs for, you know, 15 to 20 years, they're trying to carve out their own path. But there are gaps in to understanding what to do there. And so um, where we fit in is the fact that you have the, the other competitors and comparators of LinkedIn, the Upworks of the world that are great for, for professionals. But what about 63% of all gig workers who are Gen Z and millennials who don't see themselves going to college or don't see themselves, you know, building up this professional, but they have a lot of skills that are untapped. And it's what we call underutilized resources. And so Bauer was created to answer that question. And the way we do that is um, we just, we tap into the communities as they are. So the dance community, the skate community, the creative community, um, we're kind of targeting them first because we see like they have the biggest um, gifts and um, skills, baseline mid-level skills to offer companies that need that support. I don't know. Did I answer that question? Yeah, you did. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, we're all like, uh, I guess, a combination of all of our life experiences, interests, and it sounds like you're very much a reflection of the Midwest culture, Mm -hmm. where you grew up, things that were interests of you. And that really does drive, you know, not just uh, startup founders, but anyone and what they pursue. But I love that. I love that. Um, So just to kind of... I guess go from that, you know, we, we brought it up. We were talking about all the positive things, community things, all that. Cause I think there is a large stigma right around um, young people have to go to university. Mm-hmm. You must do this, but it's actually a very, very privileged process to be able oh, to yeah. go to a college or university. Absolutely. It can be very expensive. It's not always um, accessible. And sometimes in other parts of the world where it's extremely rigorous, right? Yeah. Uh, you might be the very, small selected chosen few that even have that opportunity so I love you know this idea of utilizing all those skill sets that sometimes we kind of don't think about or take for granted but that really relates to the next question I have which is the fact that a lot of black female founders you know become innovators and actually start startups or other side hustles Mm -hmm. and gigs and other things because they're not challenged in the workplace. They're not given a manager or leadership positions. And so I see all these wonderful stats around New York and Atlanta, um, all over the Southeast, how black 
female business owners are just booming and growing, but also that's largely because, you know, we have to do it to make up for that wage gap or to make up for those skills that are being underutilized. But, you know, I'm a black female founder. I can yeah. name so many challenges I face, but were there any challenges that you face or continue to face as a black female founder? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, I'm I'm very aware. I have a very strong in-group consciousness of who I am, uh, whose I am, and the skin that I'm in. However, <clears throat> I understand that even within that, I have a lot of privilege, right? I went mm -hmm. to Emory. I went to PWI. I have, um, you know, studied abroad, worked for mm -hmm. corporate places. So even within that, I recognize where I sit on the spectrum of um, marginalization, I guess. Um, I think when you enter into tech, that's when it starts to get a little, a little, uh, a little razzle dazzle, uh, because <laughs> I, I, I've experienced being the only one or the only black person in most of my life. In Michigan, I was bused to school. I was, you know, bused from the lower income kind of hood area all the way across town to a STEM academy. My whole life has been that way. So I've learned, um, sort of like, uh, the ways in which to move about white spaces, um, even if they are oppressive, I've just kind of learned how to, and because I was just probably, no no offense to the people, I was just probably the best one in my class, just like academically yeah. the best. So yeah. I was very competitive, mm -hmm. but in tech and in business, you learn it's, it's about that, but it's not. It's about who you know. And I know we go back mm -hmm. to this, but it really is. I've moved faster in the past year by being in certain incubators and accelerators and knowing the gatekeepers to those places than I ever have by knowing the most in the room of knowing my marketplace. Yes, you need to know that. That gets you in the door. That gives you the keys to ball. But you better know who opened those gates because we have to raise the money. We have to make sure that we can be sustainable. You have to be able to talk to engineers. I'm not an engineer. I'm a non-technical founder. Mm -hmm. Um and so I've navigated this space in the sense that I'm in um, CEO of a tech company. The most thing they ask me is, you know, do you have a CTO? Who's your tech founder? But we're in COVID. We are in post-George Floyd world. So we kind of hold a lot of keys that we didn't hold before. And that's why I only say that because I frame this conversation on the sense that we're winning right now. Mm -hmm. We're winning right now. Um, I don't know how long the winning is going to be so ripe where everyone and every company wants to help and, and give back. I hope it stays. I hope it remains sustainable and equitable, but I just understand how humans work. Mm -hmm. So I only say that to say it's been a great, um, it's been a great time understanding that it's a season where everyone is, uh, uh, has, has, uh, awoken to themselves or to what's happening and as a black woman who understands how these seasons work i've just been running it up <laughs> that's <laughs> i've just yeah. been running it up because i don't know when everyone's gonna be like oh that was that and yes. you know so i'm gonna run it up until until i don't need those uh right those keys anymore so yeah that's that's for sure get get all them keys girl because mm -hmm. that's i think as as black folks, as people of color, we are very aware, like, all right, whether it's for better or worse, whether it's a tragedy or a trend, yeah, you know, to have that spotlight and we it's like we have to be urgent and take yeah. and take advantage of that. But um yeah, that's that that is key. Um 
Yeah, and Rejoice, I have a question too. So we are in Atlanta, the black yes. mecca. Yes. And how have you felt the city supported you? Oh my gosh. Now, I do have a little love story with the city. Um, and, and like I said, the prior, you know, where I went to school, the community that I built has helped me tremendously. Um, there is this thing that I've been uh, meditating over um, since I've been, you know, working out of Atlanta Tech Village and then some at the gathering spot and then moving around. It's called a utility of space. Um, <clears throat> typically, if you don't come from money or wealth, you can't just take a few years to just go fail. Go go try out that idea and fail. It's fine. Your rent's taken care of. We got you on the other end. You don't have to worry about where you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. A lot of times the, the gap between black and, uh, you know, founders that are of a different race and space is because we don't have that utility of space to fail. We have to get it right. And that's why a lot of us don't want to step out because it's a fear. We've, we have tied ourselves, and this is a Midwest girl where all my, you know, most of the family work for factories and work for assembly lines where it was a for sure check. And so when you operate on um, this foundation, you think different. I say that to say, <clears throat> Lord, I thank God for a jewel, Burke Solomon. I thank God for a Dr. Nashley Suffis. I thank God for uh, Dr. Keys. I thank God for uh, Joey Womack. Come on, Joey. I thank God for, uh, I, I mean, I can keep going. I thank God for India, who it's just people that are situated in places that are intentional, intentional about making space for us, even as many degrees as I have, or it doesn't matter. We still need people in these places to make space. And so um, the Atlanta ecosystem now I, has made room for me, absolutely. Um, I'm in Atlanta Tech Village. I had some people rooting for me on the committee board. Um, I'm in Google for startups. Jewel, um, jo Joey Womack, I think, is like the Phil Jackson of it all. I'm not going to lie to you. He <laughs> yeah. out here making buckets, making plays, putting Michael here, putting... Scotty here, and a lot of the resources that we've gotten have come through Goody Nation, have come through Goody, I mean, uh, Google for Startups under Jewel and her leadership, um, and all of these things kind of spring from just knowing, you know, certain black people who know certain, and, they, and they're not selfish to, to spread your name around. They're open, they want to, and it's, it's a different feeling than what you hear in other places. It's like, no, we really want to help each other. We really want to uplift and edify, because we know when we do that, it helps us all, and it builds a foundation for us all to win and to grow and make this sustainable, not just a seasonal thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that since the real and genuine and present community, there are so many as a startup founder, you're you're right. You know, first you're like, man, where's the help, the support? You're yeah. overwhelmed, you're leaning into your family, and then all of a sudden, you know, you do some pitches and whatnot, people start noticing you. You do get a lot of requests, join our accelerator, our mm -hmm. program, yep. this and that, but to even hear you speak so many names that I too am extremely grateful oh, yeah, for Joey, Jewel. Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know figures that always position themselves into really genuine places where they can be a comfort, a joy, but also a true help to your yeah, success. They go before us. Right. They go before and they, they, they prepare do. a place. Yeah, I think it's like 
um, modern day living ancestors, modern day um, Harriet Tubman's, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they had to, I don't know what Jewel and Joey, but I know it was some, they got, you know, some stars there. We talk about it sometimes in our, in our cohorts, but I know that they had to endure things that we will never have to endure. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm very aware and grateful. Um, And then we, we do the same for those who come after us. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those, those people, like, I just, just so grateful. Yeah. Imagine in 10 or 20, 30 years or whatnot, we never know what will happen, but how much bigger this network will will become or having our grandkids or other things or children looking. But like, listen, there was a time, a point in time where our nation was going through so many volatile moments, but look at all these beautiful blessings that always, that also came from it. So I'm excited too for the legacy that we are all creating. Um, Cultivating something great. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so that, just thinking, you know, of, of thinking ahead in the future and, you know, it's always good, of course, to ground yourself in the now. But I, you said something in one pitch where Joyce said, I love, I think it was from the Atlanta Tech Village one where you said, now that you have envisioned a world with Vower, can you envision one without? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love it so much. I feel like it falls in line with your theme of being, you know, our world changer, but just in general, just envisioning a world. So, you know, um, Again, what would a world with Vower just fully implement, not just within our nation, but across the globe? What would that look like to you? Um, Yeah, Yeah, um, I think about, so the skills gap is like one of the most alarming things that we don't talk about. Uh, We have all of these jobs that can't be fulfilled, but people aren't talking about like, what are the skills people need to have to fulfill those jobs? And we're taking um, for granted that maybe those skills aren't there or that those who are looking for those skills are still, you know, requiring these three years of experience. It's just like, where am I going to get the experience from if I don't get an early entry job? Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. just these conversations. And so um, without Vower, you'll have this great divergent where you felt it um, post-COVID where everyone was like, where are the resources? Mm -hmm. And then they, they were either there, weren't there, or we didn't have the technological infrastructure to ensure that those who needed resources can get them. And we're still going through the politics of that now. But um, I envision Bauer being a world where with your skill, you can not only buy the things you need, pay for tuition, lower your interest rate, but create a sustainable world for yourself. And it's not going to take you getting a stamp of approval from a four-year institution or, and I mean, that's great and that's peachy keen, but I'm just saying, look at where the world is going. Why would I take a four-year class if I can look on my phone and find the answer in 15 minutes? I'm not going to do it. We just have to make sense of these things. Um, And not everyone is for, you know, wanting to do that. And so... Uh, Vower is a world where you can, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, you can learn a skill and deploy that skill to provide a better situation for yourself. And yes, we start off with Jordans and hair bundles and things that we know young people want. But again, I'm all about bringing you into the in the door. And then once we get you seated there, now we're going to get you the things you need to ensure you have professional level work experience that is applicable, that can take you and create sustainability for yourself and your community. And that's how sustainability works. You have to uh, build a foundation. And technology is moving faster than we're building foundations. And those who will struggle, as always, are the marginalized that are typically black and brown communities. 
And we saw it in COVID and we'll see it again if we don't start to ask ourselves, what will this new generation need in order to be competitive with China and India and people who are just learning skills and just, you know, doing their thing? Um, what will they need to be sustainable and not left behind? And, and that's the word that I envision with Val. We do it in a cool way that's cultural to us. Uh, and But we will ensure that those who vower up, <laughs> those who vower up um, will be able to take charge of their own lives. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some blessings to you. For yeah. sure. It's been an excellent journey. Great things you're doing. But yes. I really want to know, like, you've done so much already. And just hearing from your start of organizing the volunteers and getting people yeah. involved, uh, what are some more, like, the notable traction you have or something that you want to talk about and share with us as well? Oh, man, I think about more than, okay, I think about Bauer and I geek over that and all the, the different things that need to happen. But outside of that, I think about food security and having access to, um, you know, whole foods. That's like a big thing. Like you can't actually think and, and live a life that's like fully functioning without good nutrition, period. You cannot do it. And it's, it's, it's both comical, but also like maybe on purpose that a lot of the communities that we see now in 2021 still don't have access and I'm just it's comical because it's like wait a minute I can literally go to another country and show you how they figured it out for themselves to make sure everyone has food like Mm -hmm. that will never be I mean yeah they have food uh, scarcity but what I'm saying is they have markets that will just be popped Mm -hmm. in the middle of your concrete not having um, rail railways or um, but they will have food they will Mm -hmm. have fresh fruits and vegetables, and we don't have that here. And so I'm very, um, before Vow, I was like really focusing on this plant-based bodega, because in, uh, in the East, you know, you leave the club, you leave anywhere, you can still get you some plant-based food <laughs> at 3 a.m. in the morning and not feel bad about it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, in Atlanta, shout out to Pinky Co, because I think that's where she, you know, she's going. She's doing such an amazing job. To see these, such an amazing job. Um, in other places, Local Green, all of them, Mm -hmm. such an amazing job. And so what would it look like to extend that to Mm -hmm. a plant-based offering plopped up in different parts of the hood? People can use their food stamps card. Mm -hmm. People can use whatever they need to get nutrition for them and their babies. And it's not this huge, big deal. Um, And, yeah, be able to live their best lives. Because once you have great nutrition and you can eat well, then you can start to think better. And you can yeah. start to walk better, have energy to do things in your community that needs to get done. But you keep eating sugary things that, you know, you get from your school and it's all, you know, droughts and, um, you know, things that aren't good for our bodies to, to, to make us our best person. So that's what I think about a lot is the food scarcity and how to make healthy, whole foods, plant-based, if you, if you can dig it, uh, sexy. And that's what I think about. I think that'd be like the next thing, biotech making. Yeah. yeah. That would be, we, I mean, you're definitely speaking to someone. This is one of Harold Baseline's <laughs> yes, passions. Yes, he a... worked in food scarcity nice. and bringing, you know, kind of trying to eliminate food deserts within yeah. the Southeast, which is a huge problem, black and brown communities. And Harold, I know you have a lot of 
inputs around that, but that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work yeah. you know, from the conservation side of nice. things, but like you said, we need people on the ground yep. that have the familiarity with yeah. the community they're working with, yeah. and you know, people like you, a woman with the plan and a mission. Yeah, yeah, and we're a food city, and that's why it's so common. It's like, wait, we have all types of food open 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. Why don't we just have a little kale wrap? A lot of people want to kale. I, yeah. I swear to you, more people than you think want to have late night options, two, three, four, five a.m. options that are juicy, plant, you know, base bowls, wraps, juices. Like, if someone started today, it will go off. And if you do start it, let me know so I can be a part of it. <laughs> I know. I think there's so many like what I feel like our food champions in um, Atlanta. I think of Akisi under Wonder Grub. I don't know if you've heard oh, of her. No. And then so she's like, okay, how can we make um, it's very different. So my husband being the very out there, and also he was the Center for Civic Innovation Fellow oh, nice. with Akisi. Nice, and, nice. Okay. you know, he was like, I'm going to take you to a date night. It's okay. so great. And she's forward-thinking, honey, just like you, and and all these great things. And um, the whole idea is how can we make alternative-based protein that's actually grub-based? Because mm. when we think of the future, if you think of, what is that movie, Snowpiercer, I think. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Okay, so, like, you know, it's, like, really, everyone thinks of the idea being really disgusting, like, oh, I don't want to eat bugs. And yeah. she's like, why can't we make it lush and sexy? And mm. so she has this, she started with her husband, wonderful, phenomenal food options. They have a whole entire farm and nice. very sustainable. And so, but my husband didn't. I love, I love Akisi. I know she works in the space. I love her. I don't know how I missed it. This is just one, an example of not being present, you know, following around, talking to her. Now I know. But my husband invited me to a date date night and she was like, I'm so like humbled. I just think it's so great. But somehow I missed the point that the protein was grub based, but I did not know. I tore ah. it up and I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. And she's like, I'm so glad you liked it. And then I'm looking at the ingredients. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is different, so, but so, smart. So what was so, one of the main ingredients? Um, Some of it is like uh, different um, mealworms, different grubs, ants very delicious. I mean, she's amazing cook and chef, her and her husband, but I think of her, I think of um, Chef's Zoo under King's Apron, another CCI fellow. Mm. These are people, black folks, who are like, how can we bring a lot of food accessibility and make it appealing and enticing? Yeah. They have their own personal stories, but that's a huge one. You even think nice. of the Black Panther Party when they were like, hey, kids cannot function. We need to think of food programs. We need to feed our youth and we should not be punished for being poor that's Absolutely. a huge thing in the states but oh, i love you said that yeah i know i'm going kind of like on the um no i love that now i got two you know places to go and check <laughs> right. out nice you had a little history in there too People yeah forget, the black panther party yeah. Yeah. gave out a lot of lunches yeah. and food passed out Absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's so many studies <laughs> yep 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 but, um, yeah, I know I feel like I could probably talk to you and we can keep talking, you know, beyond the podcast for sure. But um, is there anything you would like to leave our you leave left so many golden nuggets and words of wisdom, but anything you want to leave our listeners with around initiatives, launches, events, anything um, you want to, you know, before we we. We say goodbye for now. Yeah. Um, well, Bauer, we're, we're launching next week. Um, not everyone will have the VCO. We call it the VCO. Uh, we're just uh, going to launch with like 100 users. We have over 1,600 early signups, but we're going to launch with just 100, test with them, let them fill it out, uh, and build build on that. But we we, we plan to make a, make a big fuss in the city because we just have a different way. Like I said, I grew up on ciphers and 
three-on-three basketball. So you may pull up and see, oh, who, who are these people over there doing this? And it, it may just be us. And we're a tech company, but that's how we experience building community around anything. And tech just bolsters that. But I will just tell your audience that they're in great hands and to just start. Stop thinking. You keep thinking about it. It's not going to, uh-uh. Just jump. Just start. You're going to land where you're supposed to land. But if you don't move, everything will, will be a failure because you just didn't take the shot. So shoot your right. shot. Mm, words of wisdom right yep. there. Awesome, awesome. These are, this is great. Thank you so much, Thank Joyce, for sharing your time, your story. Um, loved everything that you said again. And uh, I know we'll continue the conversation. I did not know we had so much in common. This is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Quite a bit. A lot of this is cool. Familiar. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. But thank you again. Thank you. Um, thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned next month for our next mini-sode. Yay. Thank you Rejoice for sharing your time and story. Soundtrack music by Urban Nerd Beats. Visit us at minicityatl.com and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star review. If you didn't, please go on about your day. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stay safe out here, disruptors, and continue to shake the mold and close the gap.